Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Fear Stone. When fear gets confused is wisdom. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode two of five. So let's go to the top floor and bring some history forward. Wow, Christianity is so cruel as it seems to give no promise of gruel. For those of you that gave 30 cents or a Taco Bell meal to a homeless last year and feel that it gives you the Robin Hood rights to direct or set the moral standard for this generation, nope. I work with the homeless throughout California, and one thing is certain, unless they were all lying to me, of course, and that is that many of them feel that their lifestyle, although rough, is preferable over most others. Now, I am sure you can find a homeless person who would disagree, but I would then not be talking about them. I'm talking about the many in whom I have conversations with. Rescue my mind, Ken. Okay, so look. 1 Timothy 5.18 For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Deuteronomy 8.18 And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. Consider yourself rescued. Now it is important to see that homelessness and poverty do not just visit those without the resources to come up and out. Nope, it also comes to those who give themselves into the homeless and poverty lifestyle for others. Yep, they live there by choice. In today's world, we don't pay attention to this person because their standard for Christianity would shame some of us right here and right now. It's better to pay attention to the extended hand we have trained to beg rather than trained to cast. 1 Corinthians 4.11 To the present hour we both hunger and thirst, and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. Of course, if I were an insecure idiot who lacked wisdom and was lazy to the very marrow of my bones, I would take up the cause of giving away other people's money. It's a popular cause among those who are like them. Not once would I consider what it took them to gain the wealth. Nope, it's not necessary when you live in a clear plastic house and can see right to and through those living in glass houses. After all, you are so brilliant that you yourself can't seem to get out of your own poverty mindset. Now, I'm not advocating for those who gained wealth due to greed and human rights violations. I wouldn't want their money. I am talking about those who are not at all the same as those who expect others to take care of them or others. Yes, entitlement was here long before the current generations. So let me interrupt my slippery soapbox falsetto and for a minute address the richly cleversome sum. Not that it would happen to you, but it is something to pay attention to especially if you think your money bags is your buoy bags. Luke 12, 16, 20. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yield plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will put down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Oops, didn't he read his Bible? Psalm 39, 6. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. I like King Solomon's rants. I mean, if I had money and lots of stuff, this would be a real concern if I didn't teach my kids how to fish already gave them their inheritance. If they can apply it with wisdom, they too can live well and give much. Ecclesiastes 2, 16, 21. For there is no more remembrance of the wise 
than of the full forever, since all that now is will be forgotten in the days to come. And how does a wise man die? As the fool. Therefore I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me. Then I hated my labor which I had toiled under the sun, because I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will rule over all my labor in which I toil, and in which I have shown myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. Verse 20. Therefore I turned my heart and despaired of all the labor in which I had toiled under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is with wisdom, knowledge, and skill. Yet he must leave his heritage to a man who has not labored for it. This is also vanity and a great evil. What? There is not one rich person who thinks like this today? Nope. Many rich people think this. Now I'm not talking about those who throw their money in the wind and give to causes totally against the God they will one day meet. They will have their Gomer pile surprise, surprise moments. No, I'm talking about those who really want to help those who want and need help and want to use the opportunity to change the course of their life. Now, the correct mindset is that I have done my best and I leave you the rest. God, I'm coming home. I say this with love as we have way too many people who live in poverty because of a poverty mindset and because they live in a government system that just wants problems to go away and not necessarily to be solved. Now, having a poverty mindset comes from the way you think about money. Most legit rich peeps don't even think about how much money they have, but about what they can do to teach others how to fish. And many of them also give to charities to help those who at this point in time cannot help themselves. Now, I bet if we looked into the shouting Robin Hoods who wouldn't find their names on the list of the contributors, we again depart for a moment. To those who would quote the scripture in 2 Corinthians, we should understand that it is talking about the church family and ensuring generational continuance. 2 Corinthians 12:14. Now for the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I do not seek yours but you. For the children not not lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. You see, Paul is talking about the mature Christians leaving resources to the church, and not the church taking care of the older, more mature Christians. Oh, I hear it. Did I just say that the church's responsibility is not to take care of you when you get older? Yes and no. The key here is mature Christian. If you have heard and listened to what the Bible states and have applied it to the best way you know how and still find yourself in need in your platinum years, then by all means your church community can kick down. If you are a widow and find yourself in need of your platinum years, then again your church family can kick down. But if you are old and have this expectation that it's the church's responsibility to take care of you because you remained a rebellious Christian all your life, not applying any of the Bible principles in your life, then I would leave it to the church to make that decision. But I would surely have the child lay a foundation of repentance and place them in a serving position so that they can continue to learn how to fish and how to feed others. Look-see, 1 John 3:17. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, and shuts up his heart from him, does not have the love of God abiding in him. It does not say to give to them without equipping them to stand on their own two feet. The Bible tells us to make disciples, Matthew 28:19, To equip the saints for the work of ministry, Ephesians 
that the disciples would remain. John 15, 16. Now let's see what James 2, 14, 19 says. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does a profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Well, that's it for today. Now, that's a good place to end. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Find a seat and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.